We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lucky Podcast. I have a confession left. I have to make a confession, man. Uh, to you and LL Nation. I have an addiction, bro. Mm, 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 mm. This addiction has caused me to run late yesterday. And it's caused me to uh, be a little late today, left. Mm. I need deliverance, man. Mm. 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 It's bad because I almost almost didn't even want to do the show today. Mm. Almost called you and I almost called you and said, man, can we push it back today? It's a pretty strong It's a pretty strong addiction. Man, let me tell you something, boy. YouTube, subscribe. Hit the like button. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Man. Audio edibles every day. Home of the misguided passion. We spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My addiction is PGA 2K23. <laughs> it's really a fun game. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Left, I just hit the I just hit the international version of my tour in my my career. Oh, so you so you out there? You trying to climb the ranks? Left. I had to go to a, a sudden death playoff in the Scottish Open. It's, some, it's something about Lynx golf. It's just something about Lynx golf, bro. The game is so lifelike, bro. Oh, it's it like, was unreal for you at a point. Man, like, I love thinking. You know what I'm saying? So the undulation. And, and playing Lynx, that's why I love playing Harborside uh, on the south side of Chicago, which is a Lynx-style course. And it's literally, it's right down the street from my dad's church in the city. It's nestled in the south side of Chicago. Beautiful practice facility left. 10 minutes, five minutes I can drive. 10 minutes I can walk with my bag, but I would never do that. I'm sorry, LL Nation, the last two days, we started late because I just can't simply get off the stick. On my PS5, I just can't get off the stick, left. I can't. I'm sitting, I'm like, yo. I have to apologize. This doesn't make any sense at this age to be addicted to a video game like this, bro. Mm. So I lose the playoff. I paused the playoff to do the show last night, left. <laughs> I finished the 18th. We did last night's show. I finished the show. I go to the playoff. And I lose. Mm, that's tough. On the third hole, I, I missed my I missed my birdie putt. He made it. Mm. Now I'm heated. <laughs> now I'm mad at the podcast. I'm like I was in a groove. <laughs> if I just played through for about five more minutes, I would have won the Scottish Open. It and was tough. It was tough huh? Man, I was heated. I was heated left. I was blaming LL Nation. I was blaming the podcast, man. I was man. But it is, man, it is an absolutely amazing. Like, look, I know most people might not get into games like that. It's, but it's if, if you are a true, if you are a true golfer, if it's just like football players in Matt, right? When you've played the game and the nuances of it, you guys fall in love with it. it man, look. The nuances of this game. And I have a natural fade to my shot. I'm a lefty. 
So I, I, I hit a natural fade with my shots. Mm. But the ability to shape shots, it shape shots into the green. I, you know, I play with the fade. I play with the draw, depending on the wind, holding it against the wind, using the wind on certain holes. Left, let me tell you something, man. Like you get into it, man. Boy, see, the Lynx courses are so true. See, you get to these customized courses over here, you know, they give you false fronts and all this stuff. And Lynx courses are just the terrain is what it is, bro. This is the terrain. It's a bunch of humps, bumps in a fairway. You know, pothole right here, pot bunker right here. Man, fairway is about 75 yards. Mm. You know what I'm saying you better get over the front part of it. Because if you putting from if you're putting putting from the other side, no it's chance. A problem. It's a problem. Man, let me tell you something, man. I do. It got me, man. It got me. And you I love talking Notre Dame. You know I, man, I'm hitting you up the night before. Yeah. Sending you stuff with topics. I man. Man, you ain't here from me this morning, did you? I ain't hit you like, yo, what do you think? Nothing. Nothing. Locked in. British Open. <clears throat> so, I had to stop at the 10th hole <laughs> to do the show today. Yeah, bro. And I'm, it's just like, man, just one That's more. That's when you in stride right there. Man, I'm like, man, just, right there. just one more hole. Just one more hole. Just one more hole. And it got to 10th. I said, all right, we got to do a show. So I apologize. We'll finish it later. Oh, as soon as we're done. Yeah. You know, y'all pray that I, you know, because I could finish the show and be like, all right, let me finish this and then I'll podcast the show. <laughs> And I end up starting a whole new tournament. I already know myself. Man, great That's show last said. night. If you have any questions, because you know, this is so it's crazy. We literally did last night's show to get clarity. That's true. <laughs> I don't know how more clear we could have been last night. I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. We still got questions. So, look, dare I say, if you have a question, man, post it in the chat. That's it. As far as that goes, we have. 225 recruits, big time recruits, we're going to talk about. But we want to talk about storylines going into the camp. Camp starts July the 25th. Hey, man, we're inside a month away, love. Inside a month away. I'm going to give you the number one storyline, and this is going to make Lev jump for joy. Mm-hmm. We don't have a quarterback competition going into camp. At Notre Dame. That's the biggest story. That nothing trumps that. That is the biggest storyline for Notre Dame. 
going into fall camp. There is no quarterback competition. Left, take it away. <laughs> just, just go, take it away. Yeah, you've been yeah. harping on this since the spring. Take yeah, it away. You, you know who your commander in chief is going in, and, and, and the in sync process is so much more uh, successful, and, and, and you feel more the the movie like type of teams that that start building around each other when you know you got your quarterback in a foundational space where he can really grow his roots. And for a guy that's been doing it as long as he's been doing it, it's a good chance that, you know, that can be infectious for those young guys to get that experience as well and learning how to do certain things on plays, this, that, and the third. For the O-line is great because now the O-line can get on time and with cadence, they can get on time uh, uh, and feel with how Sam is in the pocket. They can work succinctly and not having two different mindsets to be runner pass oriented or hold on to the block a little longer because the guys was a little bit more mobile. I think they can lock in and really um, you'll see an offense that looks a lot more polished than the defense probably this year. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is because you're getting those reps. The one thing that you win with uh, at a certain point in the season because teams know what you're doing is reps. We're going to beat you running right because we've just repped it more. And having a quarterback that has as much experience taking all the reps at the one in a position where he can really uh, do the things that made him good at Wake Forest, it's just going to prove a more all-around experience where you're going to see the offense flourish in – in a great sense, because now you're going to see uh, young guys, experienced guys, running game, passing game, uh, equally a threat. And that's something that we haven't had on offense in a long time. Yeah. I mean, you have long, for a long time, have talked about the impact of knowing who the guy is in the offseason for a football team. And whether we believe indirectly they knew who the guy was the whole time, publicly, there was a quarterback battle in the spring, right? And you were laughing at all the love that was being shared between the quarterbacks and, oh, Sam is this, and oh, Tyler is this. But now we get to the point where the team now, moving forward, gets the opportunity to take take on the identity of Sam Hartman. And I, for one, am very interested in seeing the fruit of Sam Hartman on on this team and on this roster. Individually, you could talk about the wide receiver core. Hey, he'll have an impact on the offensive line in some way, form, or fashion. With Cadence, leadership, all of that, right? His ability to get out of plays has an impact on the running backs and the rest of the offense. There's so much. We talk about the nuance and intricacies of that quarterback position for Notre Dame not to be going through fall camp with multiple voices and one voice moving forward. It seems like it's been a long time it's been since Ian Book, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, even with Jack Cone, people were talking about Tyler Butler 
you know, in his freshman year, you were saying Tyler Buckner needs to play his freshman year when Jack Cone transferred in. So it's going to be very interesting, but that is the number one storyline going into fall camp. There is no quarterback competition. The number two storyline going into fall camp. Who the hell is Jared Parker? Hey, hey, that's I almost put that number one left. Almost. But the number two storyline is who is who the hell is Jared Parker? We know who he is. We know he's the offensive. Who is he going to be? Who is he going to be as a play caller? Who is he going to be as a developer of the offense? No one knows. No, no one, one nationally knows. No one, man, no one knows. That's on the beat. No one knows. He comes from a lot of different offenses, has a lot of experiences. So he's going to put his own Jared Parker gumbo together in South Bend, and we'll see what the outcome will be. But that's the second, second biggest storyline going to fall camp. Who the hell is Jared Parker? What's the identity? Mm. But what's the identity? I think, you know, for Jared Parker, he has – a lot of ample resources to where defining that uh, identity through for summer camp mm-hmm. and being allowed to the to know what gets Sam at his best, mm-hmm. especially if that's the direction we're headed. Right <clears throat> about what we're doing in the receiver the receiver room with Chancey Stuckey, not only in recruiting, but to be able to uh, install that into an offense with a quarterback that wants to push the ball down the field. Let's not neglect the job that Dina McCullum is doing with that, that great running back room. Finding ways to incorporate is going to be important for us. And I do think Jared Parker, as great as the opportunity is, is 100% a challenge because you can only play with one football on the field. Guys got to get their carries. Guys got to get their catches. Sam's got to get his yards. You're going to tell Sam you're going to have a 2,800 yards this year at Notre Dame? Sam, like, look, I got to hit 35, 4,000. I mean, there's going to have to be a lot of attempts because you know he ain't just slinging it all over the yard. He can sling it. He ain't slinging it all over the yard. So I do think with that having to be a, a, a huge thing, um, him being able to be a chef in the kitchen, can he make a souffle? You got the you got the real cocoa chocolate. You got the uh, the mousse stuff. You got you got your milk and your eggs that are organic and fresh from the cow. Can you make it taste good? Can you put it together? And Marcus Freeman is going to be checking over that shoulder now because <laughs> he really did you a favor. You know, you know, he, he didn't even have you on the short list like that. You just happen to, you know, find yourself in a great position, which is fine, but. Marcus Freeman is is kind of wondering too. He knows you've been down the hallway, but he he didn't see you in this light. So, you know, I think they're conjoined on at the hip on what uh, uh what this needs to be, <laughs> and also what could it be. So I think um, that's a tough job to have, but it's it's also great for a guy that can handle. 
I agree. And that Jared Parker talked about that offensive evolution with the media back in April. And good for us. It, it was awesome to be able to start day one. I think I said this before spring to be able to know that we could line up, snap the football, and operate with all the things pre-snap before even worrying about trying to execute. There's a lot that goes into just being able to have the ability to get the ball snapped. And so that was a great start. The evolution has been, what are we going to cut? What are we going to rename? How are we going to play with different tempos and certain things that allow us to operate maybe differently? And then add what, what our wrinkles are. So we've been proud to add some things that we think are going to improve us and make Notre Dame better. Um, and then still stand on who we are, which is to be a tough physical <clears throat> football team up front. So we've we hopefully we've done those things. Then you touched a little bit on the three freshman early enrollee receivers. I, I realize how early it is still right now, but are you seeing any inklings that maybe you know one or two of those guys could be a contributor in the? Fall? Yeah, maybe it's fair. You know, it's it's uh, with don't, no need to put pressure on those guys. They'll put enough on themselves, and this place does that because of expectations. They're right where they need to be. All of them show great promise. They're eager and they're figuring it out. And that takes a little bit of the bumpy road that Coach Free talks about. But the guys are here, they're eager, and they both show, they all three show great promise moving forward. So there you go, offensive evolution. Hey, he said, we got to jump on everybody because we knew how to line up. So there is a baseline that shows he stuck with what was already there and let that be the foundation. And now, as we go throughout the spring and the fall, it seems like he's going to add his own little bits and pieces to what was already laid as the foundation uh, from what Tommy Reese had left behind. Yeah, he's he's trying to finish the wall and finish putting up the rest of what was already there. But to me, that's an identity issue because it's not really your origin um, installation. You know, you 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 finishing the house instead of starting from scratch. So for him, that worries me a little because Tommy's not there anymore. And football changes every day. And the evolution of it and how things are ran and disguised and game plan. So that's not that's a that's a live thing. That's that's a live update. That's not a a yearly thing. That's a every week, you know, something about football changes. So that's going to outpace. And how long can that last running somebody else's stuff? Mm. Yeah. You adding your tweaks, but at the end of the day, it's not yours. It's not your signature. Did you even have a signature offense or were you just, you know, glad to be on the team doing your job as a, you know, a role on the team. So I do think it's important that he finds a way to, yeah, still do Tommy thing or whatever, implement a little bit more, but start crossing over into who Jared Parker has an offense. What if what if Market Freeman leaves or fires you or something or whatever? You go somewhere else. You're going to say you got Tommy's offense there? You know, like this is a stepping stone university as well so you're going to probably get a great opportunity after this mm -hmm. in a short time and you're going to take those interviews and they're going to be like so what do you run a little bit of Tommy stuff with my little ad. I'm like, what, do you, what do you do with that 
So if that can work for us this year, then that can work. I think for Sam Hartman, though. Let me ask you a question. With the departure of Tyler, does that give him an opportunity to feel like he doesn't have to stick to what was there to help Tyler? And he can go more to something else because Sam is not actually married to what was previously there like Tyler Buckner might have been. Well, Tyler mentioned in the spring how they was cutting down a lot of the stuff anyway. Mm. And I think a lot of that was for Sam, not necessarily for Tyler. Mm. And and I think, you know, with Tyler, yeah, you may have some things from, from Tommy, but Tommy didn't use Tyler that much. Tommy didn't. And so it goes again. It's like, okay, it, the other thing, if you're using Tommy's offense, Tyler was your, your liaison to help Sam. Now Tyler's gone. So you are you going to fill that gap with more Tommy or, you, or whatever your spinoffs are? Or is that the gap you fill with, okay, Sam, let's run that mess, slow mess stuff you run. Let's put some of that, add that into our, our terminology. Because right now... You how how difficult is that as an OC? Because you have experience as an OC. How difficult is it is to add one package of slow mesh, which is something Notre Dame has never done? How difficult would that be for, which is going to lead to our next storyline, for Joe Rudolph to go ahead and say, okay, we're going to do this in certain spots. And if we're doing this, this is the baseline for that. That might be a little different from what we normally do. It honestly comes from reps and however many reps you can fit in a week when you're trying to introduce something and hope the kids study when they go home. Probably not. <laughs> but the, the the more times you try to rep it in a week, especially if it's new and specific to the game of the week, it, 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 in high school is more hit or miss. But in college, in Notre Dame, those guys should be prepared for it. And I think that's as a player at Notre Dame, you have to be prepared for all types of changes and evolutions and this, that, and the third because of the schedule. You're traveling, you're doing this and that. School's actually hard for real. So you have a lot of different things that you have to have time management for and, and, and compartmentalizing that and mm -hmm. learning the packages is something that is going to help us if we can do that. But for a guy like Sam to be the coach on the field, he can also manage those guys and in, in, in more calm the sea of anxiety when they got new things they're doing because he's been doing it for so long. So he can be like, no, you just do this, do this, do this, which is the advancement of having a mature quarterback. So Jared Parker doesn't have to be perfect because Sam's going to make him perfect. Now, after Sam, you know, it's going to be interesting because you got to grow them babies. When the babies got to be ready to go. <laughs> that's another opportunity where you got to put in your that's own. The benefit, that's the benefit of Geno right now, though. Yeah. That's for Jared Parker. That's the benefit of having Geno. I'm talking to him like, look, let's get let's get the stuff going, the stuff I like. Let's start implementing that. Like, I'm, I'm on varsity. I'm doing my playbook, but I got the freshman playbook I made. It's a little different, you know, but it's my own stuff for them. You know, and I think. <laughs> That's what you need to start doing if you want to transition the team away from this Tommy underlay just because he's not here. Who cares? But we run into Tommy stuff. If I was Marcus Freeman, like, why would we do that? 
obviously you're you want to hold on to what we got because of because of what really that's my thing because you got to install your stuff i had a very similar situation last year where i had a previous office coordinator he had his stuff in there left in the middle of the season i had to pick up and we end up going to the cif but I'm putting my stuff in intertwined the whole time to where we're not, we're using your, some of your words and this and that, but we're running my stuff within your stuff. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then I understand that. But you got a fresh year with spring, summer, you got these mini camps, this and that. You need to be putting in Jared Parker's signature because that's important for an identity. The way, like you said last time, Michigan, the way they present the things they present, it's like, okay, I know specifically how my value can add here, make the team grow. I got a vision of it. Me and the team grow together. Marcus Freeman is <clears throat> that in a program where it's a it's a lot of ambiguity. They even tell you four for 40. You're like, damn, that's a mind bender. Is it, do I have to wait? Is it, do I have it now? Is it, what is it? So the ambiguity in and having too much, you know, sometimes you can have too much, too much information, too much stuff, too many shoes. You see Joe Hayden's shoe closet, he got every shoe imaginable. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to wear, you know, what to wear the next day. That's why they got uniform. Man, it's so different that you get when those, you know, I had uniform in high school compared to like public school where you can wear whatever. Oh, word? You had the cactus bro yeah. with the tie? Not the top, but it was just the polo with the khakis. It was smooth. It was just I had I didn't stress about it, but that's a but thinking about it as an adult, I'm like, I gotta wear something different every day. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's just a whole different dynamic. Where oh, public, look, I love I love the challenge of rocking something different every that, day. Yeah, yeah, but oh, that's man. you got that from, from going to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't go crazy. But when I went to high school, I had uniforms, so it was just like, oh shit. That's why. That's why I lack respect for this generation because they just give no thought to what they're gonna wear to school. They literally, man, t-shirt, slides, crops. That's it. That's it. They man, nothing fashionable, nothing. It is what it is. It is what sweatpants, it is. and that's that's boys and girls. Oh yeah, oh. and whatever you know, out of respect, whatever pronoun. You know, you want to participate, but yeah, they man, nothing. And that's real sad, man. Because high school used to be, you know, it's crazy out there. But uniform, I think, is very helpful. Yeah, you stay focused. Yeah. Irish Bernie says after the first 
See, I wasn't that dude. Because you know you go school shopping. <laughs> you like, that was them, not me. And, uh, dude, you go school shopping and you do something, right? <laughs> nah, dude. I'm, I still have stuff because it's hot at the beginning of the school right. year. Right. I can still bring in my summer stuff, dude. I wait for the fall to really start dropping the fits at certain times. Mm. And, you know, you have to know how to do it, man. As, as my man John Witherspoon said on Boomerang, you got to learn how to coordinate. You got to coordinate. Not just the outfit, but the time you rock, the day you rock. You know what I'm saying? You don't rock your best outfit on a Wednesday. Mm. You need to come out the weekend popping on a Monday mm. when everybody else is probably like, man, we got to go back to school. That's when you stand out. You come out popping. You don't rock your best outfit on a Friday when everybody's going to the football game. Everybody's getting geared up to go to football. No, you don't do that. You rock it the day before on a Thursday. Mm. It's game. Yeah, it's game. You gotta know what you're doing, <laughs> especially. And then you know, if you're an athlete, you got a cheat sheet, right? Because you always have, uh, you always have school apparel to rock. That's fresh. That's nothing fresher than your Letterman jacket. Nothing, nothing fresher nothing. than your football hoodie. Nothing. You got an advantage. Yeah. Now it's about the shoes. You That's it. Shoes, right? That's it. You can rock team issued apparel two days and look fresh to death. Look fresh to death. Rock, everybody rock with the team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everybody, you rock with the team? Absolutely. The Football squad is rocking the jersey all day Friday, any day before the game. For three out of five days, you Gucci. That's it. That's and it. Then basketball season roll around, same thing. <laughs> Thanks. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, subscribe, hit that like button. Greatly appreciate you. Uh, before we switch over to the remaining, or we get to the remaining storylines, uh, let's get to some of these comments. Uh, Antoine Gates had almost bought that. Speaking of the two PJ 2K23, he got FIFA instead and played it once. Mm, bad choice. <laughs> I got Lucas Chapman says uh, you need to play Warren Golf Course in Notre Dame. You'll love it, Sean. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Now, let's see. David Lowe. Uh, I lost faith yesterday that I will ever see a national championship in my lifetime. Another 12th to 15th ranked class and Freeman was supposed to be this elite recruiter. Um, first of all, Marcus Freeman was an elite recruiter on Brian Kelly's staff. He literally upgraded the linebacker position in his first year recruiting because under Brian Kelly, it had gotten kind of bad. You don't want to, you don't want to talk about the wide receiver position under Brian Kelly. Mm. Real bad. Mm. <laughs> This year's class is probably the best offensive class since 2009. Defensive class leaves something to be desired. But as we said yesterday, 
he's kind of a solo right now defensively. That's right. And Brian Kelly was lazy. There's one of his players right there. Was Brian was Brian Kelly lazy as a recruiter, though? It was more like, okay, in fairness, he probably saw himself in the same light as how Saban does. But he's not. But he's not. But it's that type of, you know, meet the boss in the office type deal. You know, walking there by yourself, you know, act like it's big, you know. Did Brian Kelly did Brian Kelly actively recruit five stars? No top players. Okay, that's it. Would he rather be on would he was Brian Kelly on the golf course when top recruits showed up to campus? That's that has happened. Okay. Both things can be true. What we're not about to do. He's not okay, fair. He's not Marcus Freeman where he's leading no recruiting. He's not sitting in no Ferrari with Richard Young on campus riding around. Facts. That's that's not Coach Kelly. So, yeah, if you call that lazy, then absolutely. All I'm saying is both both things can be true. We're not about to try in his second year to be mad with what's going on and allow that to alleviate what was true about Brian Kelly. Okay, well, hold on now. Well, he he got better when he went to LSU. Tried to try to do the dancing thing, and the, he tried to pull a Walker Howard, and he got he got some guy. He got Jaden Daniels. So know? basically, so, what you're saying, he was being phony. It was better than Notre Dame's effort. So yes, if that's he phony, he faked it till he made it. That's okay. He faked it till he made it. Exactly. He didn't do that at Notre Dame. He didn't fake it till he made it. At Notre right. Dame. But when he got that hundred million, he got an accent and he started doing a whole bunch of antics. Yeah. And, and I think a hundred million will make a lot of us act like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because at the beginning of the day, <laughs> David Lowe said he lost faith yesterday. Bruh, let me allow me to keep it a hundred with you. There was only one year, maybe two seasons under Brian Kelly, where you even thought Notre Dame had a whiff of a national championship. Let's be real. Brian Kelly didn't have no – if you're being disingenuous as a Notre Dame fan, if you felt like Brian Kelly had you feeling like he was winning the national championship every year. I didn't feel like we was going to win it in 2018 when we undefeated. No, when they, no, you didn't. When they went to the playoffs, nobody thought they were gonna win. They don't know. You didn't think they would beat Clemson. You didn't think they would beat Alabama. No, sorry. Them two years is locked up for them two teams. <laughs> no, maybe you felt <laughs> good about the like Georgia's last two years. It was like Georgia's last. Like no matter who made it the last two years, you wasn't beating Georgia. Come on. Maybe you felt good about the 2012 team. Yeah, until we found out why you don't feel good about playing Alabama. Maybe. And we had a look, early though. We had 2000, 2015, early we on, we maybe. Won. We won. Yeah, we would have won. Like, come on, man. We would have won 15. That's not acting like Brian Kelly and Steel Faith of winning championships. Like, 
his entire tenure. Like, that's not what happened. Did he revive the program? Heck yeah. Especially early on. Especially early on. But as, as time went on, no. So you can be upset with where the things are things are going. But don't sit up here and act like that elevates Brian Kelly. Because Brian Kelly ain't got no national championship. He's just like every other coach that came before him. Zero national championships. Heck, Bob Davey went to a BCS Bowl. Not Bob Davey. Um, was it Davey or Willingham that played Oregon State in the Fiesta? My point is, dude, every, every coach that's come to Notre Dame has had a had success at some point, even when they got fired. Either they started off successful and faded or they were here and had up and down, up and down. It's Notre Dame, bro. Yeah. You're going to be successful. Can you maintain it? And that's what you tip your cap to Brian Kelly, his ability to maintain a semblance of success. But the national title Hopes, Brian Kelly didn't elevate that. There was no vibe for Notre Dame fans like, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to the chip. No. 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 Mr. 2.0, here's a question. Will Indy want to go into the portal for a quarterback next year to give CJ a year before taking over? Or will they be willing to give the job to Minchie or Angeli and maybe clog it with CJ? Let me see again. Ah, uh, there you go. I don't think. I think Minchie's gonna have a shot. Just like everybody has that window. Uh, you mean you're, you're trying to be nice with your words right now? Because I know where you want to go. I know where you want to go. So go ahead. It should be real interesting. I don't think we should go to the portal. You know, I think we have solved the the natural. We have reset the natural order of the quarterback room where we can do it right if we just let it progress how it's going to progress. After Sam leaves, it's reset. We got everything in line now. Now we can go get us a stud in the 25, maybe maybe two guys, and then get a stud in 27. But right now, it's going to be very important for Gino. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Sam's kind of like, he is what he is. How much is like an old dog? More like, he more like your, 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 your coaching assistant, your buddy. You're more like, all right, man, just lead the group in drills. You know, you, he even may run a meeting. I mean, that's what I would like Sam to be doing. If mm-hmm. you're going to be that old in the room. Run the meeting sometime. Coach G running later. You on the recruit. Run the meeting. Mm-hmm. So, for Gino, though, I'm – 
I'm trying to see the young lions and who's gonna pop out of there. I'm gonna be you know, I'm gonna be on Angeli, you know, because he's mm-hmm. the oldest. But I'm also be pushing Angeli too, you know. I need I need to find out what I got with it. And I think it's good for Angeli to have a fresh set of eyes with a Gino and a Jared Parker and you know, get that Tommy out of there and really kind of see what he can be on a almost a restart. He hadn't had too many uh, reps in there to feel like he's been there that long. So um, I think you have a chance uh, to see the value of where Gino Gadouli is a great hire as a QB coach and how that intertwines the next year. This year is kind of like a setup to run on its own. Just some tweaking here, boom, boom. Sam can kind of drive us where we want to go. And I think that's only because we don't have a competition and we shouldn't, you know. Yeah. Let Sam drive the things out of boat. We we be on there helping out. But next year, yeah, that's where we're gonna see the development. That's where we're gonna see the franchise, the first rounder, the Heisman guy. Out of that camp, something's gotta come from it. Because the room is prime, its natural order is set right the right way. We haven't thrown no monkey wrench, no terrible pick. We've been doing the right steps, so I think we're in the right place right now to develop the roster. We're going to have Bruce Feldman on the show either tomorrow or Friday. He just dropped a great article in Athletic talking about C.J. Carr and how impressive he was and how he might be the best pure passer to come through Notre Dame since Clawson at the quarterback position. <clears throat> so I can't wait to hear his thoughts and him to break down. He spent all, every day at the Elite 11, uh, talked to the young man, great article in The Athletic. You can go check it out right now. He's going to join us Thursday or Friday, depending on his schedule, at around 11.35. So we're going to dig into that. I say that to say let me tell you something. Left can't, left decided not to say it. I'll say it. Kenny Minchie ain't no punk. When, I'm not even talking about skills. Kenny Minchie ain't about Kenny Minchie ain't scared of this cat. Kenny Minchie has a Malik Zaire attitude about himself. I'm coming for everybody. If it's the dude, I'm coming for him. So CJ Carr can come in. And if he's that dude, he's that dude. But man, Kenny Minchie is not like, Kenny Minchie is going to take up some space in that quarterback room. You can believe that. And he has the benefit of being one of the first recruits to actually have a quarterback coach as a freshman from the spring through the fall through the season. Steve Angeli didn't have that. So confidence is not a problem with Kenny mentioned. When CJ steps on campus, Kenny's going to look him in his eye and say, I'm better than you. Now, how it plays out, 
is how it plays out. But see, the good thing about that is CJ's going to have to earn it. I think you're on mute, bro. Yes, as opposed to Tommy just giving it to him. He 100% has to almost clean slate it. Went on a fair fair draw. Yeah. Kenny Minchie's going to let it be known in the room. I'm here, too. Yeah. You know, that room needs to be uncomfortable at the same time. And yeah. Gino being kind of that, not a hippie, but, you know, yeah. easy, what could appear to be an easygoing dude. He's got to he's got to cultivate that. He's got to mastermind that room. See how mm -hmm. they can get the best out of those guys because it's the right type of competitiveness in the room with different talent, mm -hmm. different value. Yeah. What's the it factor? What's that? What's the it factor of the identity mm -hmm. going to be in the room? Yeah. And that's going to be important for Gino. What's if because just as important as it is for. Marcus Freeman to know what he wants team-wise. The quarterback has to have an identity as well. Look at Lincoln Riley. He got an identity in that quarterback room. Heisman's only. It's a hell of a room. Hey, man. If you jumping in this room, it's Heisman's only. I'm only taking Heisman dudes. And the dudes that are not Heisman-like leave. Jackson Dart, out of there. All the dudes at Oklahoma before Spencer Rattler out of there. So I mean, I mean, come on, that Oklahoma room, come on, you following? Whew. Baker, Kyler, Jalen, Spencer, Caleb. So if you go to Malachi Nelson, so if you sign up over there, you know what you're getting. What are you getting when you sign up to Notre Dame's room? Ambiguity. Mm. Ambiguity. That's what you get in the Notre Dame room. You just don't get a full perspective of what you're getting. Because what are you getting? You get a Malik Zaire in there. You get a Deshaun. You get an Ev. Then you throw a Tommy in there. <clears throat> and you throw a Hendrix in there. Mm -hmm. Then you throw a Brandon. Then you throw an Ian. Then you throw a Brendan Clark. And you throw it, it's like it gets, it's just like, what is it? What's the, what's the, what's the most that, if you squeeze the room out, what falls out? One second round pick, one, one, one. <clears throat> and a fourth round pick. Mm -hmm. With a whole bunch of lot, lot left to be desired, honestly. That's terrible. If you're a quarterback recruit, you're like, man, they, they go out there and die. <laughs> they still talk about Brady Quinn. That was back in the when I was born. You know, I had kids born in the 2010s, you know. Right, right. So they don't they like right. It it's time for old. it's time for a current quarterback combo. Yeah. They be like Brady Quinn playing yeah. the game. All I see is him talking on TV about nothing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Facts. So I'm not going there. I'm about to go with a hot Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams. You and know? that's something, you know what? That's something we'll get into our conversation with Bruce Feldman when he joins us. He was on the Move to Sticks podcast, and they were talking about the head coaching draft that they would take. They all fell in love with the quarterbacks, man, the, the guys that can teach quarterback play. And from a recruiting standpoint, maybe we'll do this, man. 
we'll have B. Drisk on and just have a round table. I'm interested in which coaching style works best to win championships. And see, you got all these guys that can coach quarterbacks, get Heisman's, and it's still Kirby and Nick at the top. It's still the two defensive dudes at the Jimbo top. Got, Jimbo got him one, though. Jimbo. With, with Jameis. Them, them couple years. Jimbo's a quarterback group. Okay, whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah, all right, if you, if, you know, if you want to give – and I guess Urban was a quarterback dude. Hell, yeah. But Urban was – Urban started off really – I mean, Urban can – Urban did everything. See, Urban special teams. Urban did everything. Yeah, he did. So, me, he's, he's more along the lines of a John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, yeah. Than a Jim Harbaugh because he did everything – on the foot, and, and that's the type of coach he is. So I wouldn't just paint him as like a Ryan Day type, but just quarterback offense, Lincoln Riley. Like Matt Rule to me. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Day and Matt Rule, they your own little category. Yeah. You can throw a, a, a – you can throw – I type Matt Rule, him, and uh, Luke Fickle all together. Hmm. They in their own little – I would throw Dabo in the Kirby and in saving ring. Maybe he on the the, the the bottom of the bunk bed, but he there. He in the mm-hmm. room. Someone's this is a good point. Uh there's also that's also a pitch though. People still talk about Quinn and Clawson because of the brand. I don't hear people talking about Carson Palmer and he won a Heisman. Yeah, but they talk about Matt Lyon. I can tell you that. Still to this day. Yeah. That dude was a king. A king. I think Parson, Carson Palmer was highly underrated at the time. Stepped out under the out of the spotlight. Well, too. Carson Palmer is really the quarterback that really was the one that resurrected and got things going. He was the quarterback that really got USC going. Well, Pete Marinovich. No, bro. What? That was at the same time. Or right at right before. Bro, you they... know Pete, Pete Marin- Marinovich. That's like back in the 90s. Yeah, Carson Palmer was 2000, what? Seven, five? 2003. Three? So late 90s, right? I'm thinking late 90s. No, Marinovich was like, he played it against Notre Dame in like 93. Oh, okay. I thought it was late. I'm sorry. And he flopped. Wasn't Pete? I mean, he had that buzz on USC. He had the buzz, but he didn't, he didn't do anything. Mm. He nah. Most people, uh, Roger Dodgers, and most people think Marinovich is a flop. From what I from what I know. From what I know, I remember, yeah, Marinovich walked. Man, they actually, he actually played as a true freshman, a, a really good game on the road against Notre Dame, ended up losing the game. But after that, I'm interested in that conversation, though, bro, because we can fall in love with all these quarterback coaches and the two dudes that are running college football are defensive coaches. So, what style works best? That's for another show, though. Storyline number three. 
offensively. <laughs> the ghost of Harry Heastan. Oh, it's there. Oh, it's there. It was there when he left the first time to join the Chicago Bears. And it's going to be there for Joe Rudolph, especially with the two tackles he has. There, there will be no, there is no honeymoon phase. I'm sorry, Joe Rudolph. There is, man, no room to wiggle. Nothing. You can't blame the quarterback. Can't blame the running backs to stack. Wide receivers are better. That old line better make room. Old line better be like ludicrous. Move. Get out the way. For real. The ghost of Harry Easton going into fall camp and seeing how this uh, offensive line moves forward. How do you think it plays out, Lev? Harry Easton is, I don't think he's a replaceable guy right now. <laughs> I don't think he solidified himself with the greats. We can only hope to reimagine a position where it's different, but yet it's still effective. And I think Joe Rudolph has the experience as well as the recruitment um, acumen to keep that boat afloat and still produce maybe not the Hall of Famers we that we got, but guys that can are very serviceable and draftable <coughs> in the high rounds, like he, yeah. at, at his time in Wisconsin. Yeah. Marcus Freeman like those Big Ten guys. <clears throat> yeah. You said what? He likes the Big Ten guys for sure. Oh, absolutely. I am going to, because we, uh, I have one more left. What we got? One more storyline, because we're doing offense today. We'll do the defensive storylines tomorrow. We have to have a storyline about the wide receiver core. Have to. Have to. Because the hashtag cannot be freaking Charlie Jones this year. We cannot get to the end of this season and, and Charlie Jones or one receiver in the Big Ten has a season worth of stats equal to the entire wide receiver core at Notre Dame. It won't happen this year. It definitely won't happen this year, only because we got – That was a left. That was embarrassing. And I, I know the quarterback play. I understand. But that, that just was not a good look, bro. It just It's just unfortunate that – at the time, we didn't know what to do with what we had. I think that's what it was. You know, and um, you know what? We have to, right? It's only right. It's only right that, uh, yo, a month out, we have to play it, right, left? We got to. Uh, well, this is the fastest I've ever felt. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm always gonna feel the most confident in my speed. Um, more than anything, I, I feel uh, most confident in kind of the, my release packages more so now than in the past. Um, I kind of, you know, I want press that plays to my advantage, and you know, being able to be technical at the line, 
and then being able to use my speed. Um, it's a huge advantage to myself. It's not something that I've had in my arsenal as much in the past, whether it be my legs or my arms, whatever the issue is, or whether it be just lack of overall technique. Um, but now, so I, I feel that you know, playing at the line of scrimmage with the DB plays to my advantage because if I beat him at the line, I, I feel very few, if any, can run with me. Yo, the release packages will be on full display this year, love. Yeah. Full display, my brother. No kids are getting on YouTube this year. Hey, that's an all-time lucky lefty clip right there. Oh, we will play it forever. The release packages, baby. Okay. I heard Burnt in says it's a big year for Coach Stuck. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's time to put his put his foot forward. Bring some of that, some of that uh T Higgins and, and John John Ross. <laughs> T Higgins and uh, uh the other one. Yeah. Bring some of that. Justin Ross. Yeah, Justin Ross. Yeah. Bring some of yeah. that. Yeah. Bring some of that energy over here. Because I think we got the we definitely got some talent. You, I definitely see you working with the had the little viral clip on on Twitter. I don't know if that's gonna help too much. <laughs> but, but, hey, that just oh, tells man. you on the spotlight. They looking now. They wasn't looking last year. That's why you had our famous our famous guy, our famous clip. Mm-hmm. Cause we didn't. Nobody was. Nobody was caring too much. No, that was a Dell Alexander room until you got there. Yeah, and we didn't know what he thought about them. Yeah, yeah. We had them kids going to the library, calling their Pop Warner coach. You know, asking their older brother how to run routes. So mm -hmm. now we turn the focus here because we got Sam Hartman. Sam Hart got to throw to somebody, and I don't want to see it be Salerno for recruiting purposes only. Now, I ain't saying he's bad, but I don't want to see him scoring no game-winning touchdowns. I don't want to see him in no imprint in the season of making no big plays because I want the recruited guys that are young to be in those positions. Mm -hmm. Because I want to be able to go get a Tobias jersey. He's a five-star dude. I don't want to get no Rudy Jersey in there talking about who is who is number some odd number who's number thirty six at receiver like what do you mean? Give me that Devonte Smith Jersey at Notre Dame fan favorite because that's what Sam Hartman is going to bring to that room. Somebody's going to have to catch the dang ball. Somebody's going to have to. Get some yards after the catch because you know he ain't throwing it 50, 60 yards down the field. And you know them tight ends, they're going to be serviceable, but in a different way. We might bust out three wide. What are they going to do with that? Defense is going to have to look at us differently. Third down, they used to take a nap. Oh, just load the box and then, you know, play man. We'll be all right. Now they're like, man, we might have to disguise something for Sam. Send a blitz. Open up some stuff. It's going to be interesting. Hey. Oh, boy. Lucky Lucky Podcast, bro.